Welcome to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how to lead more efficiently and effectively in a post-pandemic world where the workplace has changed dramatically. Now, here's Monique. Welcome to the show. I am Monique. It is great to have you here today. You know, a really common problem that I come across in coaching is when my clients have to attend a business conference or a networking event. As a matter of fact, I had a coaching session just today with a client who is having to deal with that. And these events are great opportunities to build relationships and increase your visibility as a leader. But many people, like my client today, get really anxious about what to say or do at these events. And sometimes they're so anxious that they don't even attend. Or if they go, they don't network. They just attend the the breakout sessions, the learning sessions, or they listen to the speakers. But they skip over all of the opportunities to network. Whether you are a senior leader, a hiring manager, or even an individual contributor, you'll want to tune in today for an informational episode about how to handle a networking event. I'll take you through some situations faced by an actual coaching client and how I helped her learn to flex her networking muscle. You'll learn a step-by-step process that'll help you prepare in advance for a business event. You'll hear about what to do and say during that event. And you'll also learn some follow-up activities, which most people neglect to do after the event. We'll be taking some questions from listeners also. And if you want to write in, you can do that at Monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. That's also how you can reach out to me today for the tools that I'm going to be talking about and the process that I'm going to take you through. So if you want those afterwards, you can email me for them, or you can download them from my website where they will be linked to this episode. And my website is mdconsultingglobal.com. Now, while you're visiting the site, I would love it if you would sign up for my blog that goes out twice a month and connect with me on social media where you can keep up with everything I've got going on, including upcoming episodes of this show. And also visit the resource page where I've got a lot of free resources regarding leadership. All right, let's get started. Now, as I mentioned, many of my clients have trouble with networking events. And also, a lot of my clients are introverts, and they feel that they're too reserved to initiate conversations at these events. And those who are extroverts find that they tend to monopolize the conversation a little bit. So for these people, they don't have trouble initiating the conversation in a networking event. As a matter of fact, they thrive on conversation, but so much so that they monopolize it and they don't allow the other person to talk. In both cases, it's a wasted opportunity to build relationships. At these events, you can really meet potential clients, customers. And right now, with all of the layoffs happening, there are many conferences and events where you can get information about potential job openings, and you can meet people who can potentially help you and refer you in to a job. But if you don't handle the networking event correctly, then it's a huge missed opportunity. So no matter what your role is, the process that I'll take you through today can be used at any type of networking event, conference, or business event. And it'll help you show up with confidence and poise. Now, I took my client Elizabeth through three steps. And those three steps are the ones we will go through today, where you'll see exactly how Elizabeth handled the event that she wanted to go to. And the first step I took her through was what we call pre-work. And this is preparing prior to the event. 
And that's a step that a lot of people do not even consider. They just show up at the event and they are totally unprepared. So especially for an introvert, it's really important to do this pre-work step. Now, the second step is during the event. What do you do and say during the actual event? That's where a lot of people get hung up also. And then the third step is post-work. What do you do after the event? Now, this seems like a lot to take in and like it's very overwhelming, but you'll see today that these steps are pretty simple. And like I said, I will have them all put together for you in a downloadable PDF if you want that for yourself. Let me tell you a little bit about Elizabeth. She was the vice president of operations at a small bank on the East Coast. Now, Elizabeth described herself as an introvert, reserved, shy. She was very nervous at these events. Now, she was required to attend this day-long conference. And there were three networking opportunities at this conference. So the conference itself was made up of breakout sessions and uh, speakers and learning events but there were three networking opportunities as there are at most of these events. There was one before the event started, there was one after lunch, and there was one after the event. And these networking opportunities were each 30 minutes. Now, Elizabeth was planning to go late so that she would miss the pre-event networking. She was planning to skip the one that was after lunch, and she was planning to leave right after the event. And that would cause her to miss the networking opportunity that happened at the end. That was her plan because she was so nervous about going to these events. She just wanted to go to the learning part of it, hear the speakers, attend the breakout sessions, and then leave. Now in coaching, we worked together so that she could attend all three of the networking opportunities. And I'm going to take you through how I did that with her and how she handled these three steps so that she showed up with a lot of confidence and poise and very prepared. And she really gained a lot of visibility for herself. Now, first I had Elizabeth tell me about the goal of what she wanted to achieve at this event. And her goal was twofold. She had some personal goals that she wanted to achieve, but there was also a business goal that her manager dictated to her. And that's why she was going to the event in the first place. And her boss for the business goal wanted her to definitely learn the material because she was expected to come back and do what we call a teach back, where she was learning the material and going to the breakout sessions and then coming back and reteaching it to her team, kind of transferring her knowledge to her team because the learning was very critical to a project her team was working on. So that was the business goal is to learn enough about the content to come back and do a teach back. Now, her personal goal, which we worked on in coaching, was to be able to attend all three of the networking events and speak with two people at each one, meaning a total of six people at the event. And we did this by first starting with step one, which was preparation. Now, the preparation step involves a couple of sub-steps. And again, I'll outline all of this for you in the downloadable resource. So first we worked on Elizabeth's elevator speech. Now you've probably all heard that term before. It's called elevator speech, elevator pitch, 30 second pitch. There's a lot of terms for it. And most people roll their eyes because they think of it as kind of a salesy type of statement. But really, everyone should have an elevator pitch. And I'll explain to you how we put that together in coaching. And the elevator speech is adjustable, let's just say. 
depending on what kind of event you're going to and who your audience is, who you're going to be introducing yourself to. Now, sometimes you'll be asked to give an introduction of yourself, which is a little different than an elevator speech. An introduction could be when you're in a big roundtable meeting and you have to talk about who you are, what your background is, what your education is, things like that. That's a longer type of statement, and that's for a different type of audience. But an elevator speech, typically, if you think about the time you're in an elevator for it going from one floor to the next is probably about 30 seconds to a minute. And that's how the term first originated, is that if you are in an elevator with a stranger, you need to be able to give this speech or this pitch before the elevator gets to the next floor and before that person gets out. That's why it has to be very quick and very concise. So for Elizabeth, we determined that would be better than an introduction because an introduction is much longer. And at a networking event, you only have a short period of time to introduce yourself and to get your pitch out. And then you really want to listen to the other person and do more listening than talking. So for the elevator speech, that includes your name, your company, what you do, so your role or your title. And then typically you can add in why you do it. So why you're so passionate about what you do. You can make a short statement about that. And then any special skills that you have. Now, like I said, this can be modified. You can stop with just your name, your company, and your title. But you can also add in why you're doing this and how you do it. If there's a special way or special skills that you have that helps you do what you do. So I'm going to give you an example of what Elizabeth came up with as her elevator speech. And you'll see in the second part of this, of her speech, she put in a little bit of a twist with a little bit of a joke. She used a joking manner to break the ice a little bit. So she said, hi, I'm Elizabeth. I'm a VP of operations at ABC Bank. I've got a special skill set that keeps everyone in the organization on track. Now that second part was something she added in, in kind of a joking way, just to break the ice. Now she could have stopped at Hi, I'm Elizabeth. I'm a VP of operations at ABC Bank. She could have stopped right there, which would have been perfectly fine. And that's what a lot of people do. That included her name, her title, and the name of her company. Now, the second part that she added in, she talked a little bit, mentioned her skill set and what she does with that skill set. So she decided to add that in because people's ears perk up when you say, I've got a special skill set. I keep everyone on track. They may ask, well, what do you mean by that? Or how do you do that? So it, it generates conversation. So the second part of your elevator speech needs to be something that can grab somebody's ear or get their attention that might get them to ask, well, what do you mean? Or how do you do that? It's a, a something that creates conversation. So that was her elevator pitch. And it's important that you pretty much memorize this. That's why it has to be fairly short. Because if it's too long, like a, an introduction that we talked about, then it starts to get harder to memorize. So you want to feel comfortable enough with this so it can just roll off your tongue. And trust me, the more you say it and the more you practice it, it will definitely just flow really well. And once you get used to it, you can switch it around here and there. And that's something that you can practice once you get comfortable with it. Now, we're still in the first step of preparation. So like I said, prior to the event, Elizabeth and I created her elevator speech. Then Elizabeth researched. She researched the event. 
and the attendees and the speakers and the venue. She used LinkedIn for this. And she really looked into all these people that she knew that were going just to get an idea of who they were, what's the audience like, what kind of topics are they talking about as far as the speakers and the venue. So she used LinkedIn for that and the information that her company gave her about the event. So with with all that, she researched. Then we created some default questions for her to ask during networking. Now, this is important because most people, especially introverts, when you get in front of someone to network, you go blank. Your mind goes blank and you don't know what to say. That's the biggest uh, concern that I hear about in coaching is that people go blank. They can't remember their elevator speech, even if they have one, and then they can't remember what to say. So that's why you have to practice and prepare. And Elizabeth and and I, in the session, we role-played quite a bit before she actually went to the event. And the questions that she created were just a handful of default questions, which you'll hear about shortly, so that she could generate conversation with the other person. The other thing she did was that she arrived for the event and she was on time. She was polite and she paid a lot of attention to her appearance. And these things might be a given, but it's still worth saying. You have to prepare everything all the way up until the time that you arrive. So she worked on that. And then she made sure she had business cards. And I'll say a little bit more shortly about business cards, but some companies use them and some don't. So if you have them, take them with you. Nowadays, not everyone exchanges business cards anymore. Some people just get a name and then connect on LinkedIn with that person. Other people exchange business cards and also connect on LinkedIn. So the protocol could go either way, but if you have business cards, definitely take them and be prepared in case somebody asks you for one. If they ask you and you don't have one or your company just doesn't issue them to you, just let them know that and accept their business card or give your name or offer to connect on LinkedIn. We have one question that has come in already before break. So I will take this question, I will answer it, and then we'll take a quick break. So this question, uh, at what point do you offer your business card? I would say you can really play it by ear. Some people offer their business card as soon as they walk up to the person. They use that as their icebreaker, and then they deliver their elevator speech. Other people wait until partway through the conversation, and then they offer to exchange business cards. So if you're offering, also ask for the other person's card so that it's a mutual exchange. But I would say at any point in the conversation that feels comfortable to you, go ahead and offer your card. Okay, if you have just tuned in, we're talking about how to prepare for a business networking event. We've just talked about the first of three steps and how I prepared Elizabeth in advance for her event. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll answer a question that's come in. And then we'll talk about the next step of what to do during the event. This is where most people get tripped up. So you won't want to miss this next segment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. At MD Consulting, Executive Coach Monique Dagneau provides executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. 
Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back. We're talking about how my client Elizabeth handled the first step of business networking by preparing for the networking event. Now, before break, I answered a quick question. And as I was talking, another one came in. So before I tell you about the next step in networking, handling the actual event, I'll respond to this question that came in prior to break. This question is from Pam. How much time is spent researching? Okay, so one of the sub-steps in the first step was that Elizabeth researched the venue, the speakers, all of that. And I would say no more than a half an hour. You can really go down a rabbit hole when you start researching, especially if you're on LinkedIn doing it. So do not spend more than a half an hour on your research. Just gather some preliminary high-level information just so that you can get some general information about the audience and who's going to be there. Now, Pam had a second part to her question. What if I'm at an event with a coworker? Do we separate or stay together during the networking? Okay, that's a really good question. The downside to staying together with your coworker is that you probably will not do much networking. You will probably just stand around talking to each other, or you'll do maybe a little bit of random reaching out or maybe chatting with the person who just walked up next to you but you won't really do any intentional networking. So it really depends how much you want to stretch yourself. If you really want to stretch yourself at these events and practice your skills, it would be better to separate and go it alone. And I know that makes most people pretty nervous, but give it a shot and see what happens. Okay, let's go into the second step. This is what Elizabeth did and said during the event. So now she's at the event, she's done all her prep work. And the first thing she did when she went up to somebody, remember her goal was to speak with two people at each of the networking opportunities. So a total of six people. So she went up to them, she said her elevator speech, which she had memorized. And she said, hi, I'm Elizabeth. I am a VP of operations at ABC Bank. I've got a special skill set that keeps everyone in the organization on track. That was her icebreaker. Now, then she went into some of those default questions that we created. And I mentioned in the first segment that I would be saying more in this segment about those questions. We created some open-ended questions. This is the key when you are networking, especially if you're nervous because people feel like they have to carry the conversation and that is what makes them so nervous. But that's actually not the case. Once you say your elevator speech and you ask an open-ended question, it automatically turns the floor over to the other person to do the talking. And once they are talking, you need to listen. So some of the open-ended questions that Elizabeth prepared for was, what brought you here today? What are some of your biggest takeaways from the event so far? So this question would be asked later in the event at maybe the networking opportunity that came after lunch or after dinner or after the end of the show or end of the uh, event. So the other kind of question that can be asked is, what will you be able to implement from today's event? Or how long have you been in this industry? So these are really basic questions that can get the conversation going and that will get the other person talking. 
So it's really, really important in this step. This is one of the most important sub steps is to have some open-ended questions. And you can prepare these at home. And then again, they should be somewhat memorized in case your mind goes blank. If you draw a blank, you should be able to pull these right to the front of your brain so that you can say them and ask them. And, and if, if you're preparing in advance, you also don't want to sound scripted. So your preparation has to be done in a way that it does, it comes out sounding really natural. Now, after you ask the question, that's when you have to listen. You, you stop talking. And this is where some extroverts have problems because they want to keep talking and monopolize the conversation. But you really need to ask the question and then listen. What you're trying to do here is to connect and to build relationships and find common interests. So it should be a two-way conversation. So once you ask the question, then you listen, and it's going to lead to more organic conversation. It will lead to maybe another question about whatever they responded to or something else related to the question you asked them. Now, remember, you still have your default questions kind of in your so-called back pocket, but don't rely totally on those. If you're listening to their response and you suddenly wonder about something that they just said, feel free to ask them another question that wasn't part of your planned questions. Just focus on connecting. It, networking is nothing more than a conversation and building relationships, finding common interests. Now, the other thing that's important during networking, and this is the next thing that Elizabeth did, is that she offered to share a resource. Sometimes when you're talking to people, you realize if you're really listening between the lines, you realize that there's something they need or something that they were trying to find out. And you might have the answer to that. You might be able to share an article or share a resource. And in this case, Elizabeth, Elizabeth talked with one person who was actually looking for a job. And they were at the conference for a totally different reason. But as she got to talking, they shared with her that they were looking for another job. Well, it just so happened that in Elizabeth's company, they had a job opening. And this is the beauty of networking. You will meet all kinds of people. You will connect with all kinds of people who have different needs. And you will learn all kinds of things from them. So during this time for this particular person, Elizabeth was able to share the job opening with them, which really helped them out. So be listening for ways that you can help. Be listening for information that you can offer them and create this two-way organic conversation. Or if you need something, if you are looking for information on something, or if you were wondering about something, and this person you're talking to happens to be a subject matter expert in their role or in this field or on a particular topic, feel free to ask them about those things. Now, some people ask me how much of a networking conversation should be business and how much should be personal. And that's a really good question. And it's something that you have to use your judgment on. For example, if you find that you have something in common with the other person regarding the pet that you have, well, definitely share information about your pet or your children. If it comes up in conversation, if it organically goes in that direction, then feel free to let it go there and talk about things. You'll be able to know and gauge your boundaries as far as sharing or oversharing because there is such a thing as oversharing. So you have to use your best judgment there and do what feels right for you. 
Now, the next thing Elizabeth did was exchange contact information. So this is really important. And sometimes people forget to do this. They are networking and they forget to exchange their contact information. So the two main ways to do that, which I mentioned in the first episode, would be business cards and LinkedIn. Now, sometimes on LinkedIn, people connect on LinkedIn right there, right then and there in the moment. They pretty much pull out their phone and they look up each other and they connect. That is very, very common. And that's perfectly appropriate to do. If you do not have a business card, like I mentioned earlier, connect definitely on LinkedIn, either right there in the moment or after the event, but it means you're going to have to remember their name and you're going to have to hope that they remember your name because you want it to be a mutual connection. So you'll have to gauge that in advance as far as how you're going to do that. Some people just jot a note down of the other person's name, and that's perfectly fine to do. If you are using business cards, exchange business cards, but also later on, connect on LinkedIn. Because LinkedIn is the really the number one platform for business professionals. So you do still need to connect on LinkedIn. And I've done a whole nother episode on LinkedIn and making sure your profile is up to date. And I worked with Elizabeth before this event to make sure that her LinkedIn profile was very professional and refreshed with her photo and all of that. So you want to double check that. That should be part of your step one preparation before you even go to an event. But if you do have business cards, go ahead and hand those out and do that freely with anyone that you meet. If you get their business card, be sure to follow up with them on LinkedIn later on. And I'll go over more about that in the final segment of this show that falls into the post activities after the event. Now, the biggest problem I see in this step of what to say and do during the event is how to disengage from a person and continue to circulate. So here's what happens. And this is what used to happen to Elizabeth because she was an introvert. If she was at a networking event and she connected with someone that maybe they had a really good connection and they had good conversation going, she would continue to talk to that person for the entire networking opportunity, the entire networking event. So if that event was 10 minutes or 20 minutes, Elizabeth would stay with that person and continue to chat. And that's not a real good practice because you want to keep circulating. So Elizabeth and I had to come up with a strategy for her to disengage and disconnect and continue circulating. And it's a awkward moment when you're doing that because you need to think of something to say to end the conversation, even if it's going well. So first of all, I want to help you understand the, the mindset of people at a networking event they know that you are going to be moving around and circulating. So they don't expect you to stay with them the entire time. So it's not odd or unusual or impolite to excuse yourself, but you have to plan some statements in advance so that you know what to say to excuse yourself. So Elizabeth did a couple of things with a couple different people. She practiced different techniques with each person she networked with. One person, she just politely excused herself. She just said, well, it's been great meeting you. If you'll excuse me, there's someone else I'm going to go chat with. Another time with another person, she mentioned that she needed to go refresh her water and that it was great meeting them and that she would connect with them on LinkedIn. Uh, yet with another person, she said, if you'll excuse me, I see someone else that I'd like to say hi to. It's been great talking to you. So those are some of the default statements that you can use when you're trying to disconnect or disengage, but then you need to move on and move on to the next person so that you can continue circulating. 
Now, in this case for Elizabeth, this was a great win for her. She actually ended up attending all three of the networking opportunities, and she did connect with the six people that were part of her goal. So we prepped her and it, it went really well for her. She was really happy and she felt very comfortable and very prepared by the time she got there and started engaging in the event. So far, you have heard how Elizabeth got prepared for the business event and how she was able to connect with the people at the event that she wanted to. We're gonna pause for a quick break. And when we come back, you'll hear a few questions from listeners who've written in And then we'll see what kind of follow-up activities Elizabeth did after the event. You've been listening to Leading with Intention on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you ready to unlock your full potential as a leader? Look no further than MD Consulting. Monique Dagneau, executive coach, best-selling author, and captivating public speaker, is here to guide you towards transformational success. With a global reach, Monique empowers executive leaders and HR professionals through engaging presentations at conferences, team-building activities, and industry gatherings. Monique's mission is clear, to revolutionize workplace behavior. She achieves this not only by coaching a diverse clientele, but also by educating corporate leaders through both virtual and in-person events. Thank you so much for being here to help us understand. As a recognized subject matter expert, Monique delves into crucial topics such as psychological safety, onboarding strategies, effective training methods, and mastering time management skills. Now for a great topic that we're going to delve into. Ready to learn more? Request Monique's Speaker One Sheet or secure her for an engaging speaking engagement by sending an email to monique at mdconsultingglobal.com. Don't miss this opportunity to elevate your leadership journey with Monique Daniel and MD Consulting. Unleash your potential today. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com or email monique at mdconsultingglobal.com to take the next step towards transformative leadership. MD Consulting, where success begins. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am talking to you today about how to network at a business event. And I've been taking you through a case study of a client of mine, Elizabeth. So far, we've talked about how she prepped herself. So that was step one. And then step two was what she actually did and said at the event. Now, before we go into the third and final step, let me address two questions from listeners. Then we'll talk about what to do after the event. This question is from Bill. I'm an introvert. And the idea of preparing default questions to ask doesn't seem too scripted. It seems too scripted. How can I ask these questions without sounding so scripted? The key here is the listening that you do after the questions. It's not really that the questions will sound too scripted because you're not going to be bombarding them one after another with questions. It's not like an interrogation. You're going to ask one of the questions and then you listen afterwards. You let them talk. Now, introverts are great at this. So this is actually a superpower if you're an introvert because you'd be a great listener. So the follow-up questions will come naturally. You'll either 
revert back to your questions that you memorized or something that they say to you will prompt another question that will just come organically. So I wouldn't worry too much about sounding scripted. I would pay more attention to your listening skills. This is another question. This is from John. I'm an extrovert, but never seem to be able to connect well at these events. I'm not shy, but what am I doing wrong? John, it could be that your extrovert personality is overwhelming the other person who may very well be an introvert. So try asking more questions and then listening. This is the similar as with Bill. You connect by listening, not really by talking. So even extroverts, and I do have a lot of clients in this situation, they are extroverts and they have the same problem. They monopolize the conversation at networking. So they really feel like they're not getting the attention of the other person and they're not connecting. So the listening is the key. You've got to listen. You've got to turn the conversation over to the other person and let them talk and relax into the way it's going to flow after that. All right, let's go into our third and final step that Elizabeth handled at the event. Now, she left the event, and as I mentioned, she was able to connect with her six people that she wanted to. So she had some names, she had some business cards, and most people stop at that point. When they leave the event, they stop. But this post work is really important. You really need to follow up with those people within 24 to 48 hours after the event. And you need to do that with some kind of a short message. Now, the message can be done on LinkedIn where you connect with them and then you send some kind of a quick message. If, if for some reason they don't have LinkedIn, then you send them an email, which hopefully you'll get from their business card if you collected their card. And when I say short, I do mean short, especially if it's on LinkedIn. I would say no more than two or three short sentences. And the way that message should be crafted is that you want to say who you are. If this is on LinkedIn, they will already know because that shows up when you message someone. You want to remind them about what the two of you talked about. And this is a really great little technique because it customizes the message for them. So let's say the two of you did talk about the pets that you have in common. You want to bring that up because they may not remember who you are. They also were networking and may have been very overwhelmed by everyone they spoke with. So they may not remember you. And that's no insult to you. It's just what happens during networking. So remind them that you had this chat about something you had in common. And then mention that you were really happy to meet them. And if for any reason you promised to send them something, go ahead and send that. So if you talked about sending them an article or if they mentioned sending you something, give them just a really short reminder that you, you will really appreciate them sending that to you or that you're excited to see what they're sending. But jog their memory with what you promised them. That's really important. And again, all of this should be no more than two or three sentences because you don't want to start sending really long LinkedIn messages. The What most people do is delete those. You want to be memorable and, and more is not necessarily better. So whether it's email or LinkedIn, keep it short and sweet. And then you've connected with them. You're, you've shown them a couple things by doing that. You've shown them that you are reliable. You're following through with what you said. You're showing them that you enjoyed meeting them enough to follow up. And you are 
gaining visibility for yourself and you gained a connection by doing this. Now, the other step that you need to take is to report out at work to your boss, to your team. In Elizabeth's case, remember, she had to do a teach back about what she learned. And as part of her teach back, like that involved what she learned from the speakers. But she also mentioned that she was able to connect with six potential partners. She was wanting to connect with people that she could partner with, external partners. So she, she did that and she wanted her boss to know it. And one of those six people was looking for a job, if you recall. So she was able to connect them with someone in her organization who had a job opening. So the report out is very important. Most of the time, your company will not send you to these events unless they expect something back from you. And so make sure that you show your value by doing the teach back, connecting with potential partners, and managing up to let your boss know that you actually did this. And some people almost go as far as creating an actual report with metrics, how many attendees there were, how many speakers there were, how many people they personally reached out to, and how many people responded back to them. It all depends on your company and the expectations. So make sure you know that as part of your initial goal before you even go to the event, because you don't want to go to the event without knowing the expectation of your boss and then coming back from the event and not being able to give them the information that they need. So it's important to be able to measure the outcomes of this. Now, another part of what Elizabeth reported on was, like I said, she was able to stay for all of the networking opportunities, which were three, and she met six people, which was a really important piece of her personal development. And so, you know, she had multiple goals. She had to do the teach back for her boss and she had to connect with six people and she was able to do that. Now, a big part of networking is business development. And that is something that should always be in the back of your mind, no matter what your role is in the company is are, are these people potential clients? Are they potential customers? Are they potential job candidates? How do you develop the business more? What kind of resources can you find at these networking events that will help your company? So that should always be on your mind when you're at a business networking event. And also for Elizabeth's company, they did lunch and learns quite frequently where they had speakers come in to the organization and speak to the employees on various topics. So Elizabeth was also on the lookout with these speakers to see if any of those speakers could actually come to her organization and talk. So there's multiple reasons for networking that are extremely important. And the more you do this, the better you will get. It's all about practice. And it is about stepping out of your comfort zone. Now, Elizabeth had to do a number of these and we had to prepare in coaching a lot before she got more comfortable. But remember, she was an introvert. So it takes introverts sometimes a little bit longer to get comfortable with these things. But eventually, she almost was looking forward to some of these events. She still prepped. She still do, did that first step of preparation that we talked about in the beginning. But her preparation got quicker and it got easier. And then when she went to the second step of what to do and say at the event, that started happening really organically. She still had her default questions, her open-ended questions, but she found that sometimes she didn't even need to use them. Sometimes she thought of something just at the last minute 
that she wanted to ask the person. So she would go up and just ask and it would initiate the conversation. So it got easier for her that way. It got really easy for her to listen and to listen between the lines and to ask additional open-ended questions that came organically. It got easier for her to share information, offer articles, offer resources. She learned the skill about connecting on LinkedIn. She ended up using her phone to connect immediately with the other person on LinkedIn. And that takes a little bit of finesse when you're in the middle of a conversation, especially if you're juggling water and business cards or your notepad. But she was able to really get very good at pulling up LinkedIn, finding the person, making sure she was spelling their name correctly, and then connecting right there in the moment. And she felt pretty proud of that, you know, little skill that she developed. And then she learned to disengage really quickly and really easily. She became an expert at that and was able to move on and circulate to other people in the room. And then her post work went really well, where she reported out to her boss. She learned how to do the teachbacks quickly. She connected with people on LinkedIn. So she managed all three steps really, really well. And that will happen for you too, with a lot of practice and with these tips I'm giving you today. So be sure to download all of this so that you have it for yourself. You've been listening to Leading with Intention on the Voice America Business Channel. We've discussed how Elizabeth handled the networking at a business event in three simple steps. As you've seen, preparation is everything, especially for introverts. For more information on this topic, download the three steps at my website, mdconsultingglobal.com, and then go to the radio page and click on this episode and you'll get the PDF. And while you're there, also subscribe to the blog that I have that goes out twice a month, the resource page with a lot of other resources on leadership, and please sign up for social media so that you can follow me and keep up with all of these topics and these upcoming episodes. Also, keep tuning in each week for more strategies and techniques that'll help you lead better. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. We'll talk again next week. And until then, don't forget to lead with intention. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Leading with Intention. Our intention is that you walk away from this show today with new tools, techniques, and insights that help you lead more effectively and have greater impact within your company. Until we talk again, have a great week.